this rat, this annoying, tea-eating fucking rat. Comedy Mushroom Cult Podcast. That looks better. Jesus Christ. This is what happens when we try to have some production value on this motherfucker. Uh, you're supposed to not swear within the first five minutes of a podcast, but uh, this is the second time I'm leading off. All of my sound waves didn't look right. Uh, it turns out that your boy uh, just didn't select the correct microphone on Audacity. And here I was, like, getting ready to, like, jerk myself off, uh, not physically, but metaphorically, about how I've grown as a person and how uh, certain moments in my life that happened last week would have ended uh, horribly, or even just, like, less ideally than they did last week. Uh, Like, I had a whole fucking monologue. Like, you heard the rat thing. Like, that's the theme of the podcast. I know, like, here's the thing. I I had a plan for this podcast, uh, which you know that there's no plan to this podcast. Uh, If you don't understand the point of the podcast, it's me killing 20 to 30 minutes of your day to prove that I can do it uh, if I ever need to just kill 20 to 30 minutes uh, for no reason. Like, if somebody put a gun to my head and was like, be semi-interesting for 20 to 30 minutes and you can't use any of your prepared material, go, or we'll kill you and your entire family that doesn't exist. Like, that's that's kind of the practice of this. Go into it with somewhat of a, a small idea of what you want to talk about and just absolutely just waste 20 to 30 minutes of somebody's day. That's all you're looking for is a distraction from whatever monotonous bullshit you have going on. If you're on your way to work, you're driving to work or back home from work, uh, it, I hope it makes your drive better, Dusty. Like, I, I hope that goes well for you. Um, <laughs> that's literally for me and one other person. Um, but <laughs> See, this is, this is better. This is a much better tone uh, than before. You'll never hear the beginning uh, that I did before, but it was a lot more serious and it was a lot more uh, thought out, which, I mean, I'm the hero Gotham deserves, not what you need or what you want, but what you deserve, you deserve off the top of the dome, uh, Ray Roberts, which is, you know, some would say the best, uh, I would say the best, but I don't know, I don't know if the world's ready for that, uh, the world's probably best off when, Uh, Like, six months. Like, if I have a thought and then don't instantly just throw it up online. And then, like, six months later, like, some sort of, like, science or uh, news or, like, world event will happen that'll prove my insane thought from six months ago. And then I'll be like, see, I called it six months ago. And then you just look. The difference between schizophrenia and uh, the zeitgeist and (laughs) regular news is just about three to six months. Um, a disgraced, uh, rapper, uh, entrepreneur, uh, clothing idol guy once said ahead of my time, sometimes years out, um, I'm not usually years out. I would say a couple months, uh, a couple few months out. I don't know. Like the perfect amount of time where nobody gives a fuck, like, like the, uh, I've been watching How I Met Your Mother again, where, and then they talk about the three days rule 
uh, in a season I'm not on yet, but they're talking about how Jesus is the one who created the three days rule, because if he would have came back from the dead the next day, there's not like cell phones and, and the news and all of that. Most people wouldn't have heard about it, so they would have been like, yeah, right, you died. Two days later, still, about the same thing. Like, some people would have heard, but not enough. But day three, everybody knows about that, and they're all bummed out, and then Jesus comes back. And it's just like, that's the perfect amount of time. Like, I'm, I'm on a pretty good... Like, I, I collect information, you know? I'm, I'm an antenna for the universe. <laughs> which is what... I, that's a, we're not going to talk about Rick Rubin, alright? We're on to fucking Matthew McConaughey, uh inspirational reading right now and guess what i've read uh the intro and half of a chapter so i i like it uh i like it uh and it's fine i like how he writes um i have a joke about matthew mcconaughey so like everything just kind of comes full circle um but no uh there's a rat uh and again like i it's like I said before, that you guys don't know about, and I'm just gonna, like, reference myself, uh, the dog heard it, and then I deleted it, and nobody will ever hear it again, but, uh, like, a few years ago, like, things that happened to me last week would have ended way worse, uh, than they did, I mean, things also maybe would have not happened like they did, because, I don't know, so in the past uh if you're new to me if you're new to the podcast if you're uh somehow you stumbled upon this uh first i don't know go outside second um welcome third uh we're just gonna get to it instead of just teasing it for the first fucking six minutes of this goddamn podcast um I used to be very argument. I'm still argumentative. I used to be very hot-headed. I guess I'm still a little hot-headed. Um, that's coming back with uh, the testosterone since I've been working out again. I've been using creatine. No worries. Uh, no big deal. Um, but uh, I would just, like, pop off. And, like, especially before I had skills uh, as a stand-up comedian, uh, I would not do a good job of handling people in the crowd while they were talking or even worse i would depend on people in the crowd talking uh to deflect from the fact that i didn't have material and i could go to them and make fun of them or yell at them and like do it in a kind of a humorous angry way that was kind of what i was known for uh at the beginning and then i carried that into like interpersonal skills with other comedians like i still get text messages from people saying that they could use a 2019 ray uh to come in and and kind of clean up uh certain situations because i i would tell it as it was and uh be very blunt about it um some might say i had a blind spot for my own nonsense while i was calling other people out and by some i mean me um but also you know shit happens uh you deal with what you have you insecurities are a real big thing you know um you deflect when you don't have your shit together but now i i feel like i i have my shit together a little bit more um i'm calmer i'm older i actually have some skill uh, at what I like to do, so I can, like, be a little bit easier. I breathe before I react, um, and, you know, before I jump to conclusions, I, 
I wait a little bit and I collect the information and then I make a decision whether or not I'm going to fucking call motherfuckers out or not. Um, so that's how we're going into this podcast. Um, is we're going to have a nice little recap of last week. Uh, we're going to end with the story of my weekend and how I have or had a, a new nemesis for uh, a show and a half, and then uh, karma worked its way out. Um, so there's some suspense for you. But last week was a uh, was a, a real good one for your boy here. It's one of those. Um, I had a conversation with my therapist about it, and a lot of times, um, and I forget where I read it, is, are you having a breakdown or are you about to have a breakthrough? And um, especially with the rage quit with work and how I was stressed out about that, um, how I was stressed out about life, the accident, the car thing, all of that stuff just like happening in a window of a couple months. But then I just had like a, I just was looking at it. Like it turned March last week and it was just like, fuck, it's already March. So all of that shit happened over like a month and a half, two months. Like it wasn't even that long of a time. Now, two months is a long time. I mean, it's inconvenient. I'm giving myself grace. I'm not like upset that I was like overwhelmed and couldn't really handle it because I'm human. Everybody's human. Two months is a long time when it's two months straight of just piling shit on and nothing coming off of it. But then it culminated uh, in a good way. I'm in a better spot. Um, and I feel like the universe, uh, the gods, spirits, whoever you want to give it to, um, are rewarding me for um, putting up boundaries after my accident, uh, sticking up for myself, taking time to heal, taking time to uh, reflect and having expectations on things. Um, spiritual shit is always woo-woo until it like comes full circle and it's one of those like blind not even blind faith but kind of like a faith like it's going to work out um the ram das quote of if you think you're um what is it if you think that you are fuck why can't i think of the word that i'm looking for um like if you think you're saved do you think that you're clear if you think um that you are enlightened, there it is, if you think you're enlightened, spend a week with your family, it's the same thing, if you think that, like, you're doing things the right way, you think that you're on a pattern, wait till somebody throws an entire fucking wrench in there, and see if you still believe, um, it's the fucking thing from Batman, uh, this is gonna be the second Batman reference, and the first Batman that Christopher Nolan did, where that beam falls on Christian Bale, and Alfred comes, and Christian Bale can't get the beam off of him, and he's like, what do you do all those push-ups for if you can't lift a little board or some shit like that? Like, what do you do all of this work for, uh, if not to be ready for something like this? Now, you don't want to be ready, you don't want to live ready, but you, you just want to be ready. Like, you don't want to, like, be waiting for it to happen, but you want it to be ready for it to be happening. Um, but yeah, so last week was a good test of that. Um, some good things happened, some bad things happened. Um, we'll start with the good. Uh, I'm doing a show on my birthday. just happened to be my birthday. It's not a birthday show, so if you end up coming to it, please... Uh, I don't want it to be a birthday show. It just happened to fall on this day. Um, 
and it's going to be fun because it'll be like the first show I'm producing in Milwaukee. I've got some absolute fucking murderers on this show. Um, it's going to be great, and I don't think that the venue understands how good of a show this is. Um, but it was nice because um, you you just send shit out into the ether. Um, I went to this place with some people from my last work, uh, and it was like a nice, cozy little spot. And I was like, all you need to do is throw a microphone and a fucking speaker in the corner, and it's a nice little intimate spot for a show. Um, sent the guy an email. He got back to me a couple weeks later. Um, and it was very easy. Um, just set it up, went for it and we're, we're going for it. So, I mean, it's going to be great. Um, made a flyer that actually looks cool waiting for the thumbs up to like actually promote it and whatnot. But I mean, that happened. So like, that's the first bite off of that. Um, I also booked a private gig. Uh, I'm going to be talking in a room to a room full of truckers at allegedly 11 p.m. Uh, for 45 minutes for, like, too much money. Because there's a thing called Gig Salad. It's, like, a website that uh, independent, like, artists and people, like, will put that they do comedy or music or art or whatever, and, like, businesses can find them or people can find them and book them. I do it just because whatever. It's casting a net, whatever. You catch in it, you catch in it. Um, I know that I may not be the most, quote-unquote, corporate-friendly person, so I always just, like, throw stupid numbers out there um, that most people wouldn't bite on. Now, is it cheaper than a band? Sure. Uh... But for, like, I don't know, to me, the price that I'm asking for is stupid. I'm sure people think that it's stupid, um, that it's stupid, uh, sorry. We, uh, fucking have a clogged sink, so, like, I'm waiting for the, uh, maintenance guy to get here and, and snake it but um oh the point like i throw a stupid number out there some people would think it's a low number i think it's i have to drive an hour for like um like a good amount of like it it's good money for me for 45 minutes of work okay we'll put it that way we're not going to talk dollars uh we're not going to talk cents um because i don't want to give it away i don't want people to think that it's too less or too much uh because i don't know i work a shitty coffee job and let's just say I'm going to be making more in 45 minutes than I would working there for like two or three days. Um, is that fair? Okay. So I got, I picked up one of those gigs and like, it's gonna, it's not going to go well more than likely. I mean, it's a room full of truckers. I get along with people of different kinds and ilks and, but it's just me in front of a room full of truckers that are doing a class for like a whole day. And then I'm their entertainment at the end of the day. And it says 11 p.m. So this means that they would have been in class for a whole fucking day. Until 11 p.m. At night. Which I hope it's actually 11 p.m. Because I didn't request for work off that day. And it's a Saturday. Um, and it would really fuck a lot of people if I like called off or moved. But, again, I'd be making a lot more money by going to this than I would at my coffee shop job. Um... So I don't know they'll have to deal with it. They know the, they know what's going on. All right. So that's the good. Um, oh, and I got called up, uh, to feature this past weekend for a couple of shows. Uh, 
I'm not going to say where because I'm going to bitch about it uh, for a hot second. It's a great club. You can find it. Like, I posted about it, um, and it's whatever. Just be cool, guys. All right? I know not very many people listen to this. Uh, I'm not in a spot to turn down work. I'm not in a spot to talk to too much shit. But um, the venue and the people are important to the story. So I'm not going to shit on the venue. The venue was great. The crowd was great. Uh, they were very good to me. They ended up being very fair. Um, they've said nice things about me after the situation I'm going to talk about. But uh, I can't say the name of the club or the headliner. All right. But I got called up to the club last minute, um, got some feature work uh, within like an hour away from home. Um, So yeah, I'm going to take it. It was at a new spot. I was referred uh, by a very nice comedian who's going to be on my show, Dana Ehrman. Um, So that was super cool. Downsides of the week. Uh, Tuesday, there's an open mic at Maddie's uh, in Waukesha. um, And... You know, sometimes you get a little spicy on the mic, or you walk into a room and you can just feel the vibes a little off, you know? It was my second day at the new job. Um, I went to go work out beforehand, so, like, the blood was pumping a little bit. Your te- your boy's testosterone was, was getting a little high, because, you know, it was leg day. We're doing the leg press machine, you know, squats, boost your testosterone, make you feel like a man. Your blood's flowing. Uh, you got some blood flowing to your loins and your lower body. Um, and then going to an open mic directly after that, uh, where there's a good crowd, uh, and you walk in, you're getting a drink, uh, non-alcoholic Heineken's for your boy at the bar. And there's just a guy at the bar already popping off at comedians and being loud and just being shitty and like just being incoherent and trying to impress some girls or just like trying to make it about him. Um, which already, like, whatever, it wasn't my turn on the mic, I didn't have to worry about it for a few people, it usually works itself out, and this is what I'm talking about in the past, in the past, I would be hunting for this dude, I would ask to go up earlier so I could deal with this dude, I would be hoping that he was still there when I went on stage, uh, because I didn't have anything to talk about, or didn't have, like, the skill to, like, have an actual set, so I was gonna go at this guy that I know everybody in the room hates. What me, as an adult, a mature, uh, active adult in comedy now, is uh, I was like, do you know what? Let's instead go talk to our friends um, and get our head wrapped around our set, uh, think about what we're going to be doing. So I get up there, I start doing my set, it is what it is, um, and then the guy just like starts popping off uh, in the back. And I gave him like I, I gave him his room. I gave him the one time. And then like the people with them, uh, I have a joke uh, that I've been telling about dick pills. Um, and I'm like doing the joke or whatever. And then I finish the joke. And then one of the girls with this dude just yells out, "You should try dick pills." And I was like, "That was the whole fucking joke. If you guys would shut the fuck up for five minutes, uh, you would have heard the joke and you would have enjoyed it. But you guys want all the fucking attention, and I hate you." And the girl like started laughing, and I was like, "Sorry, I don't hate you. I hate the guy that's with you who keeps popping off because he was like already starting to chime in and whatnot." And he barked back at some point, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I told him that, like, he didn't even have the excuse of being drunk because I saw that he had only had one beer. So not only was he broke, uh, he wasn't even, like, he didn't even have enough money to, like, get drunk. He's just stupid. 
I use a different word you're not supposed to use in polite society these days, but it was warranted in the situation. Um, so then they all get up and leave in a huff, and I, like, started calling the guy out a little bit as he's walking. The girls were chiming back, but they were actually, like, being playful about it. Um, the one apologized. She said, sorry, like, we still think you did a good job. We still love you. And <laughs> the guy goes, I'm not sorry. And so I said, you will be sorry, and I hope you're in the, uh, the alley after this, which I don't know the last time I've been in a fight. Uh, I don't know if I can even fight anymore. Uh, there's a weird thing that happens when you're on stage and your adrenaline's flowing and you're kind of in the zone where you just, you'll say whatever's appropriate for the matter. You know, I wasn't going to back down in that situation. I wasn't going to, uh, I wasn't going to lose that. My pride was on the line at that point. Um, and I was doing a good job handling him. He also, like, I don't know. The only th difference between me and him is three me being three more inches off the ground than him because I'm on a stage and I have a microphone. Uh, it's not like I'm in a cage playing guitar in Roadhouse. Like it's easy to get to me. Um, so if he really wanted to do something, and I have to like walk through that alley to get to my car, like I don't know. And it's one of those things where like it just slips out. And you don't even, like, really realize you said it until, like, two minutes later when I'm trying to wrap up my set. And it's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to maybe have to fight somebody. Like, I haven't fought anybody. Like, I don't, I'm, I wear skinny jeans, man. Like, I'm well past it. I can't get hit in the head anymore. Like, it's, it could be lights out for your boy. Even if the guy's not even, like, strong or tough or, like, actually doing anything. Like, I could get embarrassed by being, <laughs> by threatening somebody to a fight who was like gen like he was six inches shorter than me i could have realistically handled him just on accident just bear hug him take it wait till he quits throwing his little leprechaun fit you know what i mean i could have handled it but it's 2023 things could be surprising you never know people are crazy so i you gotta stop i gotta stop challenging people to fights on stage it's not something that i normally do okay but it definitely would have been something I would have done five years ago and probably would have, like, escalated it uh, instead of just, like, letting everybody know <laughs> that I am not prepared for a fight uh, before I got off stage, but whatever. So, like, then that was, like, the first crowd interaction of the week. I'm not going after crowds. I don't do crowd work stuff. I'm not, like, looking for clips online. The, the clips that I post online are of jokes that I write because I actually can write a joke and have skill as a comedian. And I don't have to do crowd work uh, to be good and fill time. Shots at whoever that's for, you know who you are. Uh, I can't even think of anyone specifically for that, but I'm sure you know. Um, but I don't know. Then fast forward to Friday night. Um, I get called down to this new club. Uh the last time I was in this town, I ate all of the dicks. I was so bad. It was the worst. It was one of the first sets that I did uh, when I moved to Wisconsin in this town. Um, I was featuring for Chris Harvey, and I just ate so much shit. It was bad. Um, and it was before, like, the riots down there. Um, I mean, I'm, <laughs> like, really narrowing down where it's at. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse shot somebody there. All right, we know what we know what city we're in. Um but, like, during those, it was whatever. So, I'm on stage. I'm doing a good job. Um, I'm at a new spot. 
the owner of this club like puts me on stage. Um, I'm supposed to do 20 to 25. I'm at like minute 20. I noticed that, or let's, let's rewind. I start doing jokes, getting the boys riled up, getting everything going. A guy doesn't like the line of a joke that I was doing. Uh, I balance my jokes out. It just happens to work that way. I don't, I'm not one of those, everybody gets it kind of comedians. Uh, if you want to boo me, you can boo me. This guy already had like chimed in a couple times. I kind of like was nicely just kind of like being like, Hey, we're going to be friends by the end of this, but you got to stop. Hey man, we're done with this. Third time he interrupted. It was just like the last one where if he would have waited till the end of the joke, he would have enjoyed the joke, but he didn't. So I had to tell him to go shut the fuck up and, uh, whatever. It worked out fine. The crowd liked it. I talked to him after the show. It wasn't a big deal. I ended up having to bring the headliner up. I didn't know that uh, until about a minute before I was bringing the headliner up because nobody told me and the owner wasn't there. Uh, so I had to like panic, look on my phone, uh, how to say the headliner's name correctly, get some credits. While I was doing my closer, I didn't even point out that I didn't know it was going to happen. I was very showbiz. Um, I handled it very well, very professionally, brought him up. Everything was good. Everything was great. Uh, so much so that like three or four people out of this like 20 to 25 person crowd uh came out to get drinks during the the set uh of the headliner and made a point to say that uh they liked me much more than they liked what was going on during his set um said it very loudly in front of like the owner's wife who's the bartender um and so like your boy's feeling pretty good about himself okay first time at a new club the crowd loves him um even the guy that you like have to deal with comes up, says something to you and is positive about it. I made a bunch of money, not a bunch of money, but a good amount of money off of my stupid pins. You can still buy pins if you want. Let me know. Um, and it's good. Come home, have to work Saturday morning, very tired. Um, I woke up late from a little nap on Saturday afternoon before I had to go back down there. Um, so I get in a big rush, have to shower, throw some clothes on, rush back down to the venue. Um, and like the first thing that the owner brings up, he goes, I was like, Hey, how you doing? And he's like, so did you tell somebody in the crowd to shut the fuck up last night? And I said, yes, I don't usually handle it that way. It was like the third time. And the thing that, uh, he said, that it'll come back was, well, when you go to the crowd, you have to be able to handle it and things like that are going to happen and you have to be able to handle it without being aggressive with them. Okay, whatever. I didn't go to the crowd. He had like popped in a few times. If you were there, you could have seen it and you could have like known uh, to tell this guy to shut up after the second time that I did it, but I had to do it. Whatever, but you're right. Shouldn't tell your patrons to shut the fuck up. You're perfectly fine. Uh, won't happen again. Don't worry about it. Uh, when you watch my set tonight, you'll see that, like, why he might have popped in. Whatever. It happens. I don't go to the crowd, but I acknowledge them. So, I was already, like, peeved by it. Texted a couple people, like, what the fuck? Um, and they were like, yeah, some people are wonky about it. Headliner shows up, and, like, everybody's got, like, a weird, like, feeling around it. Like, they, you go from, like, everybody being your best friend because you, like, people were around you saying that you did a good job. Um, then, all of a sudden, the owner's being weird towards you, the owner's wife, who's the bartender's being weird towards you, the, the headliner uh, comes up, and he's being a little weird. Um, then you sit, hang out with him, uh, and you're talking to him, you're like, yeah, so... 
the owner uh, brought up the little crowd uh, interaction last night, and so I had to apologize for that. And the line that the headliner said, which I know that he ratted me out, is, like, that's how I know he ratted me out, because he's a rat. He's a fucking rat. We've got a rat. He goes, yeah, well, when you go to the crowd, uh, you have to be able to handle it without being aggressive, because things like that are going to happen. So this dude saw, like, because there were people, like, crowded around me after the show on the Friday show. Happened on the Saturday show, too. Not gonna brag, but whatever. Uh, nobody was going to say hi to him. Nobody was asking him about anything. Everybody was coming around me. Which, whatever, it's an ego boost. It's great. I'm bragging a little bit. But I need you to understand that this guy was just jealous of how much better I did than him on Friday. And then decided to cut me down in front of the owner to make me look better so that was like apparent by like the line of that because he basically fed the owner that line and that's what the owner said to me whatever i'm pissed i'm ready to like bury this dude i'm gonna have the set of my life he's not gonna come back from it then i just like hey i'm not gonna be petty betty over here we're gonna have a good set regardless um i have a good set come out Again, four, five, six people, and there's more of a crowd because it's a Saturday night. Um, a bunch of people come out uh, to get drinks, tell me I did a great job in front of, like, the owner's wife who was already being weird. But, like, you see it's starting to loose up a little bit because they see that people enjoy what I bring to the, uh, bring to the show. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't, or whatever, but numbers lie. But, like, people enjoyed it, and... Uh, you can hear it from the other performer, but when you hear from the crowd that pays you money for comedy, uh, it, it goes a little bit further. Then, I'm sitting there, I'm not sitting at the bar anymore because whatever, they don't want to talk to me, I don't want to talk to them, whatever. Um, I'm sitting at a table, some lady comes out and is bitching about the headliner because the headliner uh, decided to go to the crowd and do a little crowd work on Saturday night. Um, maybe he was reading the room a little bit, saw that uh, he wasn't doing as well as your boy because uh, there was a nice younger crowd who didn't care about any of his shenanigans. Um, he goes to the crowd, makes fun of some lady's job, makes her really pissed. Obviously, she's drunk and she's uh, a mess in the first place. But I'm sitting in the, the bar area. Uh, this lady comes out and his motherfucker and him goes, this is the worst comedian I've ever seen, goes up to the bar and is like, that guy was such an asshole to me on stage. And this is what kind of pissed me off, but it like retributionally came back. <laughs> the owner's wife, because you can tell that they just like had it out for me after the situation that the headliner set up. Uh, and it's not even like I can be like sensitive and I can have it built in my mind. But when like things keep adding up that they, uh, they were looking for reasons not to book me again, or like looking for like thought that I had like a problem, whatever you get it. Um, but the lady's like, this guy, he like, he was such an asshole. He went after me from on stage and the owner's wife slash bartender goes, who the guy who's on stage now or the first comedian, which, like, if she was really that upset, I had been sitting there for 10, 15 minutes at that point. you think the lady would have came out during my set to bitch about me. Obviously, she's bitching about the headliner. But the lady goes, no, that motherfucker who's on stage right now, he's not funny, and he made fun of my job, and made fun of how I looked, and everything. Which was just wonderful karma. 
because I just told the guy to shut the fuck up, moved on, and went for it. He stayed for the whole rest of the show. He didn't, like, get up and leave. He wasn't pissed about it. He got it. He knew what was going on. It was playful. This lady came out. The club had to buy her a drink. She was sitting front row, so, like, she got up in a huff and left, so the entire crowd saw it. Her husband came out ten minutes later after she was loudly bitching about the comedian. Some other lady came up to the bar who was already loudly telling me how well I did uh, during the headliner set. And it's separate, so it's not like I'm being rude. Like, I'm out in the bar, separate area where they can't hear. And that lady goes up to the angry lady and the, the bartender slash owner's wife. And is like, yeah, the first guy was much better. The headliner is such an asshole. He's not even funny. And then everything just turned, <laughs> like, instantly. Bartender wife is nicer to me. Owner's nicer to me. Uh, everybody's in a better mood. Fucking show ends. Uh, headliner comes up being like, ooh, what a, da, da. people are, like, around me again, giving me money, buying pins, like, everything's going well. Headliner sneaks up, and he's like, so what are you doing? With-? Like, you can just tell that he's having a hard time. With, like, not being the center of attention. Somebody doing well. Um, His, like, cruise ship nonsense. Not, like, keeping up with modern times. Um, So it's... I don't know. Moral of the story. Is... You you gotta be patient. Because I was gonna pop off. I was gonna tell the guy, hey, if you go to the crowd, you're gonna have to be able to deal with it. Like, I could have been shitty, but I got to leave on the moral high ground. I had to leave with a pocket full of money. The ownership was happy with me by the end of it. Um, the, the headliner was, you know, he got to leave with sour grapes in his mouth. But you can't go out in this world and get... Like, sorry that you can't live up to what your opener does. There's real killers out there, alright? Just because you're used to, like, working hack fucking cruise ships and fucking C-level clubs because you never made it, and you're used to these bullshit openers that you can pick and choose and, and follow shitty ones so you look good, um, there's a whole group of people who hire shitty openers so they look better on it. You, you gotta be ready for killers out there, alright? fucking i ain't a killer but don't push me but i am a killer and i'm i'm going to show you on stage i'm going to look better than you on stage i'm going to get more compliments than you on stage i'm going to get more money from merch than you like that's not what it's all about but the fucking facts don't lie all right don't I don't want to be petty. I don't want to be that person. But if you're going to put, like, I, <laughs> third Batman reference. I was fucking born in the dark, dude. Like, you just adopted it. You want to wade into my waters. That's what you did. You saw what I did, and it worked because you don't understand what actual comedy is because you're used to fucking old white people who just want to hear fucking dadjokes.com or whatever. And you can just skate through without having an original thought, being creative, actually being good at the skill, actually doing anything. Like, yeah, you live in the suburbs. I live in the suburbs, too. But I'm out there. All right? I'm on the streets. I'm doing the work. You're fucking cruising and doing fucking cruise ship gigs. Go hang out with your fucking other 50-year-old dudes who, like, do bullshit acts who also won't come up and talk to me after the show because they saw me fucking torch the place and know they can't follow me. I don't know. 
that's enough braggadocia from me today. But it was nice. It was just a very good instant karma situation where I could have popped off and motherfucked the club owner. I could have motherfucked the headliner to his face. I could have motherfucked the headliner after the show. I could have motherfucked the club owner after the show and been like, hey, see what happens when you take some hacks advice over mine instead of just asking me about it or texting me about it or like being in the room to deal with it i could have done that but no i saved it for three days later or two days later on a podcast to talk about it for content so pat's on the back to me uh for a good feature weekend pat's on the back for me not motherfucker and people to their faces um I'll probably see the guy again on my downslide because who knows? Like, I don't want to talk too much shit about him never making it because I haven't made it, you know? But, like, I'm doing these clubs to cut my teeth and to fucking get better and trying to get connections and trying to scrape money together to actually work. You're doing these clubs because nobody else will fucking book you. That's what it is. There's a whole bunch of killers out there. Keep your head on a swivel, all right? Just like me challenging people to fights. You never know who's out there. You can't challenge people to fights. Because you might get your fucking head knocked in. This guy, you can't fucking... You don't challenge somebody who you don't know. You saw them do an okay set and fucking crush. Now you now you want to piss me off and I'm bringing A material with a crowd that's more closely to my age. And then you gotta follow me. That's what we're doing. Alright. I'm not trying to bury people now. I learned my lesson last time. I said I was going to bury somebody. Ended up being a delightful weekend and having a good time. Okay? This time, it was personal, and I wanted to do it. But it's okay. So everybody be cool. This is a longer episode. I don't know. There's not going to be that many people who want to do the forensic work and figure out who it was and where it was, and it doesn't really even matter anyways. But um, longer episode. I know I ain't a killer, but don't push me is a Tupac line. Oh, yeah. Who is Ray Roberts dot com uh, at who is Ray Roberts on everything. Um, keep an eye out for shows. Keep an eye out for everything. It's getting real cool for your boy. Um, things are starting to add up. Things are starting to come together. Um, I'm good at comedy right now. I'm my old stuff's still good. My new stuff's getting good. Um, actually real good. I like it a lot. Um, I'm doing 20 to 25 minutes, like it's five, 10 minutes. Um, so we're coming, we're, everything's rolling. We're coming for you, um, in a good way, but buy some t-shirts, tell me you want pens, share this podcast with other people. Um, but most importantly, don't be a rat. Okay. Uh, this song has a line from Lil Wayne that he, he took from, uh, Tupac, and uh, this is also a good hype song that I'll listen to when things are going well, um, because it can't get much better. I mean, it's going to get better, and it is better, and it can get better, but it's going pretty well right now, um, but it is Right Above It by Lil Wayne uh, featuring Drizzy Drake. Um, thanks, guys. Share it. Follow everybody. Um, okay, here's the song. Haters in the building. 
Hollywood code, I'm with Molly G, bro. Flying Holly Grove chicks to my Hollywood shows. And I wanna tell you something that you probably should know. This that slum dog, millionaire Bollywood flow. And uh, my real friends never hear it from me. Fake friends write the wrong answers on the mirror for me. That's why I pick and choose. I don't get shit confused. I got a small circle. I'm not with different crews. We walk the same path, but got on different shoes. Live in the same building, but we got different views. I got a couple cars I never get to use. Don't like my women single. I like my chicks in twos. And these days, all the girls is down the road. I hit the strip club and all them bitches find a pole. Plus, I've been sipping, so this shit is moving kind of slow. Just tell my girl to tell her friend that it's time to go. Yes, I'm in the building, you just on the list of guest names And all of my riders do not give a fuck X games, guns turn you boys into pussies Sex change And I smoke till I got chest pains And you niggas know I rep my game like Jesse James Women are possessive and they wanna possess Wayne I've been fly so long I fell asleep on the fucking plane Skinny pants and some vans Call me Triple A, get my advance in advance Amen, as the world spinning, dance in my hands Life is a beach, I'm just playing in the sand uh, Wake up and smell a pussy You niggas can't see me, but never overlook me I'm on the paper trail, it ain't no telling where it took me Yeah, I ain't a killer, but don't push me